You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! What's up? Good morning. Welcome into the Weekend Fantasy Update right here on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, the King Scott Engel. Got some new programming going on. First thing we're going to have to do, first, before we even get into it, I got to welcome in my guy, the King Scott Engel. Scott, what's good with you, my man? Good morning. Uh, having a fun weekend, and uh, it's cool to be on with you. We don't get to do enough of this. No, we don't, Scott. We used to do it every day for many years. Then they separated us, took us apart, but now we're back together, a happy family. Glad to be with you, my man. And first thing I will say about the weekend fantasy update is we need a new intro. We need a new open. The fantasy executive cannot get into his groove listening to that to that to that uh, music right there, Scott. That's not how I get my Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons, excuse me, rolling. You don't like Dolly Parton? I'm not a Dolly Parton guy. You feel what I'm saying, Scott? Okay. Are you a are you a Dolly Parton guy, Scott? Um, I'm red-blooded, do so yeah. <laughs> Don't do it, Scott. Because I think that fits I, Tony Cicada hey, more, though. It's a country yeah, music thing. Please, let's not start there, Scott. I'm trying to be here next week, all right? <laughs> What's the deal with you, Scott? It's Super Bowl Sunday. How you feeling, my man? Feeling good, man. It's like uh, everybody, this is a Super Bowl that no, I think there's been less buzz about this because there's no storylines that people like. It's like nobody wants Brady to win again. Nobody wants the Eagles fans to win anything. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there's less buzz about it. From a pure NFL perspective, I think if Carson Wentz was playing, I might, I might be more compelled. I just... I just don't see the Philadelphia Eagles winning this game at all. I figure it's going to be a tough situation for them, but one thing they do have that we've seen the New England Patriots struggle with before is a stout D-line, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in about six hours, six and a half hours from now. For the next two hours, though, we'll recap the NFL honors. We'll look at the 2018 Hall of Flame class. Also got some Super Bowl trivia. We'll do fantasy football honors also, and we'll get to some prop bets, some projections, projections, excuse me, mem- um, some of the best memories from the Super Bowls in the past, and Scotty will look at futures as we push forward to 2018 football season. My man, King, let's get ready to go ahead, all right? But first of all, I want to touch on what you said about the narrative around this game. You're absolutely correct. People do not want to see Philadelphia. It's not so much about the Philadelphia Eagles, it's about their fans. And nobody wants to see their fans happy because they have one of the most miserable fan bases in sports, one of the most miserable sports cities in the United States. And when it comes to the New England Patriots, you just get so tired of spending the final the final football Sunday of the year rooting against Tom Brady. And I really think you hit the nail on the head with that one. It's not so much the Eagles that people are rooting against, but it's their fans. Yeah, it's to me, I, I've never hated the Patriots. It seems like, you know, the Patriots, you know, the new America's team here, everybody either, either loves or hates them. And, you know, usually there's no room for the middle, but I'm in the middle. I, look, I'm not rooting for anybody today necessarily. You know, I never, when my team's out of it, I don't root for anybody necessarily. But look, if the Eagles win, you know, I'll be like, ah, well, I don't know if a lot of their fans really deserve it. But then again, not every single Eagles fan is an idiot because, like, Chris Meany is an Eagles fan. And Chris really? Meany is the ni- one of the nicest people on the planet. Yeah, now, nah, Chris Meany, Canadian Connors, he's a nice guy. I, mean, I, gotta get, I, I haven't talked to Chris in a minute, like, probably since that draft we did last year when the season first started. But it'll be plenty of time to get up with Canadian Connors, Chris Meany. That's my guy right there, so shout out to him. Scott, let's hop in the NFL honors uh, right off the top. And I want to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. They rack up a lot of awards last night, including Coach of the Year with Mm -hmm. Sean McVay, Offensive Player of the Year with Todd Gurley, and Defensive Player of the Year with Aaron Donald. And I want to start with Defensive Player of the Year. Donald was the winner. But what I noticed and I found interesting, and I want to break this down with you, the nomination for the Minnesota Vikings, who have a great defense, was Harrison Smith. And I'm thinking to myself, really, Harrison Smith over Xavier Rhodes? I think when you look at the fact and how a defense is built, I really don't have a problem with it. It's, you know, he's the center fielder there. He's he's the free safety. He's the one that sets the tone back there. And if teams are not going to be able to get deep on, on that team, 
it's a lot due to Harrison Smith and also the, the, the support that he plays in the run. Xavier Rhodes is definitely a shutdown guy, but when you have a, a, you know, with that much talent back there, you know, 78 tackles, five interceptions, a lot of times the center fielder back there will set the tone for how the defense plays deep. Xavier Rhodes can only cover one guy, whereas Harrison Smith is freelancing more and has to do more. I get what you're saying on NASCAR. When you look at Xavier Rose games, the ability to lock down and take away one side of the field obviously had a fantastic game against all-world Antonio Brown. Now, that's a little bit different. Those two guys, rivals, playing football, you know what I mean, since they was three years old together. So that's a little bit different. You get up for a game like that. He did drop a dud against Marvin Jones Jr. Remember that on uh, on Thanksgiving Day when MJJ yeah. went off against him. But I just look at what Rhodes does as far as being a shutdown corner. I think the premier shutdown corner in the NFL, if you ask me, um, I just look at that situation and I'm like, mm, I would think that Rhodes would have been a nomination. But neither Neither one of the roads, not the nomination. Neither one of the guys wins. It goes to Aaron Donald, the first defensive tackle to win the award since uh, Warren Sapp. Yeah, and with Rhodes, he only had two interceptions, but that's certainly he a problem. People that not much. going that, not yeah. going that way. But you know, when you have a secondary with that much talent, it's sometimes hard to distinguish because guys play different roles. And I guess they decided this, the free safety maybe does a little bit more. Yeah, but Aaron, Aaron Donald, just like so dominant, 11 sacks, five forced fumbles, 41 tackles, just like the guy absolutely like destroys offensive lines. Scott, I don't need you to sit up here for the next two hours and read off stats, you know what I'm saying, for defensive tackles. You feel what I mean, Scott? We're not going to do that today, all right? Yes, yes, we are, because you have to back up your stuff with stats, like stuff like Scott Engel is the GST champion and Corey Sparson has an 8-16 record in two years. See, okay, Scott, stats, stats back minute, up Scott. facts. Scott, you keep talking about the GST, but let's look at, if you want to talk about the last two years in, GST, in the GST league, Scott, let's talk about earnings, because when it, when it, that, that's the stat I want to focus on, earnings. Okay, when fine. It comes, when it I've, comes to I've, earnings, I've you're not in my ballpark. I've earned three grand and you've earned zero. You're not over in the my last ballpark. Two, over the last two seasons, Scott, let's be realistic, since you want to go two years in, in the, the league GST. that you play let's, with me, you haven't even made the playoffs. I'm not counting Scott, leagues you don't play I, with I, me. Scott, I can't win every league. Scott, I know I'm the fantasy executive. but don't All I, I know is when everything. I play against you, I win against you all the time. Anyway, moving right along, let's not do this today, Scott. Ty Gurley wins NFL Offensive Player of the Year last night. Los Angeles Yes, Rams my GST back. MVP, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, well you sat next yeah. to me the entire summer when I told you last year's trash was going to rebound nicely, and Gurley did exactly that. He also told me I should have drafted Isaiah Crowell in the second round, but let's move on. Do you have anything to say about Todd Gurley and his dominance this year, Scott Engel? It was it was just incredible. You know, it's all what we've been asking for. Uh, you know, for him to be a three-down back and then McVay to come in and invigorate that offense, just the way that his receiving skills played in and just how he was a crux of that offense and really made things easier on Jared Goff. You know, anybody who's savvy about the game knows that the, the offense was really built around Gurley and it opened up everything else. It was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, I was a believer in golf. I knew once we got Jeff Fisher out of that situation, uh, that was the cloud that was hanging over that franchise. Obviously, McVay, a bright young offensive mind, he comes in there. He also wins NFL Coach of the Year, uh, McVay. I think it was uh, – <laughs> it was a breeze came in here just now, Scott. It scared me. I think – I think. <laughs> what from? No, I, you know, I'm doing this from the home office today, and I felt that breeze. I was like, what the hell going on? <laughs> but um, when you look at the situation <laughs> – well, Why, came why the- did you do that? I thought somebody came through the window, Scotty. But anyway, when you look at the situation, McVay, I think he was hands he was hands down the coach of the year, uh, Mr. McVay. I mean, I think Andy Reid could have got some votes too, but we've seen Andy Reid do Andy Reid stuff throughout the course of the season. Andy Reid's a regular season coach. McVay, McVay took that offense. McVay didn't win. The, McVay first. didn't win the playoff game. As a matter of fact, he had a home field advantage, and the Atlanta Falcons kind of dominated that game. Yeah, I think it was a lack of experience there. But, you know, you look at the regular season, that's what these votes are about. And he took the offense from worst to first. So nobody's going to compete with him for that award. 
I agree with you on that one. So shout out to Todd McVay. He gets that award done. When it comes to the Rookies of the Year award, both of them go to the New Orleans Saints. Tremendous job on draft day by the New Orleans Saints, obviously scooping up Alvin Kamara first uh, in the a uh, little bit later on in the draft, scooping up Alvin Kamara. I don't remember particularly what round it is right now. We saw his dominance, Kamara, coming on as that Reggie Bush prototypical back, running the ball between the tackles, catch the football well. Him and Mark Ingram both put up 1,000-yard seasons. Kamara has an intriguing skill set, Scotty, that I think that a lot of fantasy owners are going to look for moving forward, especially coming up this upcoming season when you got a player in Georgia Bulldogs, Sony Michelle, who is in the same prototypical bowl as Alvin Kamara. But when it comes to Kamara, he seems to be the future of what an NFL running back can be. I just wish he wasn't rocking that nose ring. Well, I don't think Alvin Kamara cares about that. You know, whether I know he does his nose ring or not. You know, he was drafted in the third round this past season, and I think by by the uh, by the Saints and just the all around ability that he displayed last last this year: seven hundred twenty eight rushing yards, eight touchdowns, and then of course eighty one receptions for eight hundred twenty six yards and five touchdowns. That makes him a first round pick next year, whether Ingram's there or not. I agree with you. I think he's a top 10 fantasy pick in 2018. So I agree with you on that one. On the defensive side, rookie of the year goes to Marshawn Lattimore. The New Orleans Saints shut down corner. That kid got it done. Scott, the Ohio State University. They are becoming a defensive back factory, much like Florida State. Lattimore comes out in his rookie season and wins the defensive rookie of the year award. Lattimore got it done. Yeah, he certainly did, and it's very rare that you see a guy from college come in and be total shutdown in his first season, which made that all the more impressive. The Saints really need to improve on that back end to you know to be a true contender, and that's exactly what happened when they got Lattimore. You know, they have they have two good corners there, and you know Lattimore had an excellent rookie season uh, with 52 tackles and six interceptions, forced one fumble, but he was a real presence back there. Last year, the Ohio State University put all four of their defensive backs into the first round of the NFL draft. That same team was beat 35 to nothing by a Deshaun Watson-led Clemson Tiger. That's just something to look forward to as you get ready for 2018. Those Some of those big-time college games, you can get a look into the future. Uh, Keenan Allen, Scotty, comeback play, NFL comeback player of the year. And I think it kind of goes without a doubt. Obviously, you saw the two back-to-back seasons of injuries more or less shutting him down. And I think most people would say that this award was definitely his from the start. But I want to talk about one person in particular, Scotty, that I think maybe not should have been somebody that people should have considered. It would have definitely would have been a more heartstring pull at. But let's talk about, I want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, Scotty. August of 2016, tears his knee up, absolutely tears his knee up to the point where people say, the dude may never play again. It was questions about him walking again. He tears the knee up. We get reports throughout the course of the, of the, of the summer when we go into 2017. And then in November of 2017, Scott, um, he makes his return to the field. And he doesn't play. He did enter one game later in the year. But I think Bridgewater, even though he never got on the field, the fact that he came back from that injury, was able to be active after November I think that is uh, something that people can look forward to when they tell you that things can't be done. Ted Bridgewater went and got it done. He did, but, you know, he was never that outstanding before he got hurt. So I still have my questions to what kind of NFL quarterback he can be. I mean, you know, it's good to see him, you know, come back from major knee injury to the point where he's ready to come back to play. But if he, even if he never got injured, which I wish it would have been the case, I don't think he was ever all that impressive in his two years as a starter, I saw some signs of improvement. But if I was a Vikings fan, I'm still not that excited about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, he had them on the break of winning the playoff games. I think you have to look at that, too. He didn't throw to a touchdown fact. pass in the, that playoff game. It was, Scott, in, it was the defense that put them in a position to win that Scott, game. When, the, when, when football teams win games, Scott, the quarterback plays a big role in it, no matter how not good always, the defense is. Not always. Give me an example. Super Bowl 40, Ben Roethlisberger had a horrible game, and the Steelers won the Super Bowl. Did he throw a touchdown pass in that game? Uh, no, I don't think he did, actually. He had the, the Hines. Let's see, there was the, the, there was the will, yeah, one touchdown pass, but he had overall he did not have a good game. 
I feel you on that one. Now, you look about Keenan Allen. He comes through 102 receptions this year. Another guy that I was on had him on a championship-winning team of mine. Keenan Allen is the NFL comeback player of the year. Yeah, he certainly is. You know, over 100 catches. Some some fantasy owners were actually skeptical on, on where to draft, draft him this year, but he stayed healthy and had some really big games this year. You know, when you look down his game log, there were, there were some huge performances. Keenan, Keenan Allen had his best year, 102 catches, 103,093 yards, and, and six touchdowns. You know, Keenan Allen definitely deserving of it. And anybody who took the risk on him, the so-called risk, certainly got rewarded. Yeah, no doubt about that. So you look at that situation. If you if you, if you did take that risk, ended up playing out, and ended up ended up playing out pretty good. Another oh, award that really didn't that. get. I, I'm, I just got a text messages uh, from Mike Cardano. That's it. <laughs> so you okay. can imagine what it, you can imagine what it was about then, Scotty. But uh, everything was misspelled. No, everything was not misspelled. Very. That was a good yeah, comeback, spell Scott. Check? Yeah. Yeah. So you you know. Um, yeah. Offensive, excuse me, the assistant, the top assistant coach of the year, that award went to one Pat Shermer, now the head coach of the New York Giants. He was the offensive coordinator in Minnesota. You saw him do a fantastic job this year, putting putting Adam Thielen in the slot. Let, let's talk about that. The quarterback situation, no Bridgewater. Bradford gets hurt. He coaches up Case Keenum. And then you look at the fact they lost Dalvin Cook in week four or five. I lost Dalvin Cook on three teams this year. And that offense was still one of the top offenses in the NFL. Shout out to him. He is now the head coach of the New York Giants. He wins that award. Yeah, he certainly deserved it. All the factors that you mentioned and the fact that basically to to lose two quarterbacks and have to go to his backup, to lose his top running back, et cetera, you know, to see where that team finished actually this year was very impressive. All right, when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about the 2018 Hall of Fame class inductions, star power, a lot of big names in it, a lot of guys you remember. So off and rolling weekend fantasy update i think is the name of this program Corey parson the fantasy executive you already know the king scott angle when we come back we hop into this hall of fame class playing daily fantasy basketball this year consider daily roto your go-to resource whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, daily roto's customizable projections podcasts strategy guides and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time with a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Weekend Fantasy Update here on FNTSY Radio. The exec and the king, you already know what you got. We might pop off a little bit. Might be a little bit of back and forth. Might see some insults hurled, but we're still best of friends. We're just carrying you along, having a good time. Two very opinionated characters right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Scott, let's talk about this Hall of Fame class, and let's start at the top. Well, I guess if you start at the top, you got No, you know, I want to save Ray Lewis. You start at the top. Let's talk about Randy Moss. First ballot, he goes in. Listen, I don't think there was any doubt of Randy Moss's skill on the field. You look at some of the quarterbacks Randy Moss has played with, they have had MVP seasons throwing the football to Moss. Moss never won the MVP, but he is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Definitely well-deserved for Randy Moss. Certainly is. You know, one of the most exciting receivers that we've absolutely ever seen, you know, especially in the modern era. 982 receptions, just over 15,000 receiving yards, 15.6 average, 156 touchdowns during his career. The 23 touchdowns with the New England Patriots in 2007, 17 in 2003, 15 in 2000, 17 in his rookie year. Just the, the amount of touchdowns is, is incredible over his career and the amount of times that he actually went over 1,200 yards. You know, it's one of the great big players, maybe the best big play receiver of all times. The interesting th- of all time. <laughs> the interesting thing is with Mosto, it's he only had two 100 catch seasons in 2002 and 2003. 
When you look at Randy Moss, I want to talk about some of the memorable plays, some of the highlight plays. Obviously, you go back to his rookie season, the job he did against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. He booked, might be one of the booking games of his career. Just tore the Cowboys up for three touchdowns. I think on three catches, <laughs> something crazy like that. You look at that, obviously, the record-breaking touchdown against the New York Giants when he was a member of the New England Patriots. I think about earlier in that season when uh, I saw three New York Jets on him. All three of them had eyes on him. As soon as one of them took their eyes off of him, Moss accelerated. Just the un- unguardable specimen of a, of a wide receiver that Randy Moss was. He got, it, he got it, absolutely got it done. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but his man, we finally see Terrell Owens, T.O., going to the Hall of Fame. One of the true characters of the NFL, Scott. Took him a little bit. Took him three, what, two seasons, two years. He went through two cycles. He gets in on the third cycle. I think he should have been on the first cycle. And, Scott, you may find this to be controversial, but numbers don't lie. Terrell Owens is the second best wide receiver to ever play in the NFL. The second best statistically? Yes, he is. So who, who, who else is there with him? Number one is Jerry Rice. Number two is Terrell. Well, Randy, Moss, Randy Moss was great, but Randy Moss is not. The numbers are comparable, but you look at Terrell Owens, his career. Terrell, Al- Terrell Owens consistently had like, well, he had only one 100-catch season. Terrell Owens compared to two yeah, he was Moss. never a big. He never was a big 100-catch guy, but you look at his career in his career in Philadelphia alone was worthy of Hall of Fame. His career in Dallas alone was worthy of Hall of Fame. His career in San Fran alone was worthy of Hall of Fame. Just so many antics that went along with T.O. Obviously, the way he tore apart teams, cancer in the locker room. We remember him doing the push-ups in the driveway, no comment. One of the true characters of the game, and I think that was held against him by some of the voters that vote on the process. Probably. I think you can make a good debate between Moss and Owens. I, I never felt that he wasn't a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, when you look at the greatest wide receivers of all time, you know, there's Rice and, and everybody else. Uh, you know, you're looking at some, some lists online. You know, Don Hudson is considered Don one of the Hudson, greatest. Scott. Who remember Don? Nobody don't remember Don Hudson, Scott. That, that, that. The people that doesn't mean we're not voting for the modern era Hall of Fame. Scott, we're when did Don Hudson retire? Who, Scott, I don't even. I know every player that ever played in the NFL. Scott, who the hell is Don Hudson? Don Hudson, he's the man, the man who introduced the NFL to the Ford Pass. The man that introduced the NFL to the yeah, Ford Pass. Yeah, nineteen forties. We talking about you know, this is why 40s, we document Scott. history. It's not. It's not the modern era. You know, uh, Hall of Fame. It's the old time Hall of Fame. Yes, yeah, Scott. In today's NFL, Don era, would Don Hudson would not even be a he would be <laughs> the Don Hudson would be a backup, Scott. It was a different game NFL. back then, though. You don't know that. You never saw Don Hudson play from those. Uh, you never saw him play either, Scott. No, either. But the, but those who chronicle the game, they 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 feel that he's one of the greatest of all time. He it's about impact on the game, not just numbers. No more talk about Don Hudson on this program. Next. I guess I you don't know about. any history, though. I know. Maybe I know you're just, maybe just pumping Terrell Owens because he cried about Tony Romo. It's my quarterback. Scott, why would you say that? And why would you hurt my feelings like that, Scott? Why not? <laughs> but, but, but apparently I deserve it. Anyway, Brian yes. Dawkins, Scott. I mean, let, let's, 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 let's look. Hold on. Hold on. Now, Gil Brandt is like one of the greatest analysts of all time, right? Yes, Gilbert, right. uh, legendary uh, general manager right. of the Dallas Cowboys. His top, his top wide receivers, number one, Jerry Rice, number two, Don Hudson, number three, Randy Moss, number four, Terrell Owens. Scott, Gilbrandt is 85. That means he's seen a lot of football. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, no, you're right. It does mean that he's seen a lot of football. I don't think, I, I don't think you know, that's very – I expect better of you, Corey. You can't take a guy off the list just because you never – he was not from your era. That's like saying, okay, Babe Ruth doesn't deserve to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame because it was from so long ago. I feel what you're saying on that one, Scotty, but nobody never we, – we, I mean, you're talking about Don Hudson, dudes that played in the 40s, Scott. Our That's part of football the, history. All right, Scott, you win. Jesus, my goodness. What, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Knocking people off of the ballot just because they don't fit your criteria. Okay, so fine. It's Don not Hudson just your criteria. On, Don Hudson. Can we move on to Brian Dawkins, Scott, or do we have to do this? It's, it's up to you. 
<laughs> Let me move on to Brian You're driving Dawkins. the show. <laughs> Brian, anyway, Brian Dawkins, obviously one of the lifebloods of that Philadelphia Eagle franchise throughout the Andy Reid era, one of the great secondary players of his of his generation. My memory of Brian Dawkins, remember the 44-6 game, Scott, when the Dallas Cowboys were embarrassed in Week 17 as they were trying to win the division. The Eagles went on to win the division and make the playoffs that year. At the end of that game, as the Cowboys were getting blown out and I was uh, crying in my beer, Brian Dawkins led the chant of Fly, Eagles Fly, and I've never been so humiliated in my life, Scott. Well, more than that, you know, he was just like one of the greatest safeties who whoever played the game, you know, throughout his career, uh, 16 seasons, 28 forced fumbles, 37 interceptions, you know, one of, one of the great center fielders of his time. No doubt about it, Brian Dawkins, very well deserving. Up next is... Yeah, here we go. Oh, Brian Urlacher makes the Hall of Fame. Brian Urlacher, great Chicago Bear. Yada, yada, yada. We know Brian Urlacher, middle linebacker extraordinaire from the Chicago Bears. I don't think he was a first ballot guy, but apparently the committee did. He did. They did, obviously. You know, Dawkins, you talk about Owens, you know, Dawkins really never, like, ticked anybody off and just played, did a real solid job back there. Shout out to Brian Urlacher making the NFL Hall of Fame. And finally... Uh, Ray Lewis, who no doubt was a first ballot Hall of Ray Lewis, <clears throat> no doubt deserved first ballot consideration. Maybe the greatest middle linebacker to ever play the game. Uh, the off the field thing in, in Atlanta uh, years ago, he gets past that. The thing, but is Ray Lewis, in my opinion, though, Scott, he got a lot of negatives to him. Ray Lewis, he yearned for the, for, yearned for the camera, always wanted to be in front of the lights. He was very, 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 very attention-hungry, Ray Lewis. Um, that's a part of his thing. Ray Lewis just liked the spotlight, liked the attention, and that's why I think is a reason why he's looked at as the greatest linebacker to ever play. But, Scott, they are linebackers with comparable numbers to Ray Lewis that are not first ballot Hall of Famers. Well, it's not all about numbers, and, you know, you talk about always wanting the camera. You know, you say the same thing about Terrell Owens. You know, you could say the same thing about, about you know, players in other sports, like Gary Carter. You know, they used to say that about him. But still, no matter what you look you say that about me, Scott. <laughs> yeah, but you're not in the Hall of Fame yet, so we'll have to I'm not in the Hall that. of Fame yet, Scott, yeah. but you better believe I'll get you there. I'll, I'll get you there. Don't worry. I'll help you. You know, I, I raise you in this business. I got to get you to Scott, that Scott, you did not raise me in this business, Scott. I raised you in this Don't business. Don't even start that. You did not raise did. me in this business, Scott. I did. Scott, when I was sleeping on studio floors, Scott, you was in Queens chilling. When I was sleeping on no, studio floors. No, when you were in studio when floors, I was, I, was, I, was, I was already on the air. You would, don't talk about how, what you did, to, you did to somebody's leg either. That has no, nothing with, to do Scott, with it. Scott, when I was. <laughs> no, when I was sleeping on studio floor, Scott, when I was down there getting busy, when I was trying to make it, when I was coming up, when I was putting in that grind, Scott, you were someplace in Queens chilling, playing mad. No, I wasn't. I, with me. What are you talking about? You, wow, you have no sense of time. This worse than the Don Hudson thing. When you were starting out, I was I was already established. So then you came to me and said, how can I be, be like you, Mr. Engel? I never I asked you how I can be like yeah. you, Scott. Never once yeah. have you ever heard me you say said how that. can I be like you, First Scott. First I said, wow. Wow, you're actually eating lunch with me? I said, I might even Scott. pay for it. You idolize me so much. <laughs> you're right, Scott. I idolize you so anyway, much. Anyway, let's go back Let's go back to, to, to Terrell Owens here. Terrell Owens. Why do you want to go Lewis, back to Terrell Owens, Scott? Because it's the same thing you say about Ray Lewis. Both these guys look for the cameras. Both these guys love the spotlight. That has nothing to do with whether they get in the Hall of Fame or not. I get Ray it. Lewis, Ray Lewis gets, the, gets in because he is the emotional and on-field leader of two Super Bowl teams. And one of the greatest defenses you will ever see, period. Okay, here's the thing, Scott. I get what you're saying, and I agree with you on this fact. And when you look at what Ray Lewis did as a leader, Ray Lewis was a great leader, probably one of the great, one of the best leaders in, in the history of sports. He definitely had the air of that entire Baltimore Raven locker room. He has the air of that entire city. I really, I thought until some recent developments that Ray Lewis would be a guy that could probably run for the mayor of Baltimore and win. That's how beloved he is in that city. He is, but it's also, you know, he did a ton on the field. He did a ton on the field. It's, he was excellent it's on the field. Not, it's, you look at his about numbers, it's also about setting up the defense because a lot of times the defense is a chess game between the middle linebacker and the quarterback. Another great middle linebacker, Scott, was London Fletcher. He has numbers comparable to Ray Lewis. You never hear people talk about him going in the Hall of Fame. Well, he's not Ray Lewis. He never won a ring. You know, London, Ray, London, London Fletcher did win the championship. He did with who? He is, he is a Super Bowl champion with the Tennessee Titans. 
With not, the ten, yeah. No, the Titans never won no. a Super Bowl. He is Super Bowl champion. He was on that Ram team. At the Titan, the Rams, the Ram teams that the Titans oh, okay. lost to. London Fletcher was on that team. You're right. So Ray You're Lewis. Right. So Fletcher is a Super Bowl champion. I don't have any problem with Fletcher getting into Hall of Fame, and actually, I forgot about that, so I appreciate and it. And that's where um, Ray Lewis's spotlight is enhanced the most. Fletcher is not that out there type guy. Ray Lewis was. That's why Ray. I, I, it played a role into Ray Lewis being the first ballot guy. I don't I would know. Say I that think much. if Ray Lewis never looked for the camera, he still would have been in the Hall of Fame. God, you like to look for the camera too. You know that, right? I know. <laughs> well, at least you admitted it. <laughs> so, what, what's your point? <laughs> you got to look. For camera, the camera started Scott. finding me, me like you know, long before you were sleeping on studio floors. I understand, Scott. The camera started yeah. finding you, and then the yeah. footage would end up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah, but then there was a whole show. It was like two good hours of me, so like an hour I had to make it in, and the other hour didn't. There you go, so right there. Right. Coming up yeah. next year, Scott. But are you always hating that, on Ray Lewis anyway, so I'm not I'm not hating on Ray Lewis. I don't, I don't hate on Ray Lewis, Scott. You I, I always hate Ray on Ray Lewis. Lewis. I, more recently, I don't like some of Ray Lewis' stances. That's what I'm saying. And then I think this year, you know, when he was in London with the Ravens, he was kneeling on both knees looking crazy. He always got that Beijing packed into his ear, about to drip into his eyes. Ray Lewis has become a character to me now. See? You're hating on him. I'm not hating on him. I think he was a great football player. But I tell you what, coming up next year, another member of that Baltimore Ravens defense that needs to be a first battle Hall of Famer next season is the great Ed Reed. Now, Ed Reed's a football player. Oh, yeah. No certainly. doubt about that one. Yeah, no doubt yes. about that one. One of the greatest you, safeties I ever saw, yeah. Also a great leader. Google some of, Ray, Google some of his Ed Reed stuff from uh, YouTube, some of Ed Reed stuff from the university. When he played at the University of Miami, there was no ball hawk like Ed Reed. That's true. That's true. He was so like, all of, just, you know, when they lost him, they lost a big piece of that. It was Lewis and Reed. Yeah, the, the thing about Fletcher is, like, and if I say to Lewis, you look at those Ravens defenses, and that 2001 is one of the greatest ever, and he was the centerpiece of that along with Reed. He was the one who was calling the plays and playing the chess games with the quarterback. I think that's the difference between him and Fletcher. It's like when you're on a legendary defense, like an all-time defense, and you're one of the centerpieces, that goes a big way. All right, there you go right there. Also up for induction next year on his first time on the ballot, <clears throat> excuse me, will be Tony Gonzalez. Some may say the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Yeah, he's, he's certainly up there, you know, with guys like Shannon Sharp. I love Shannon Sharp, Scott. Yeah, Shannon Sharp was a great player and, uh, you know, he's a funny media. guy. He's a funny guy. He's a media guy who also gives good analysis. One of the most countryest people you ever meet. Skip! Skip, we used to sleep in the house, Skip. Skip, we had to go outside and use the bathroom, Skip. <laughs> Sterling's kind of country, too. but, but Oh, Sterling's country is a buttermilk biscuit. <laughs> yeah, but Ster Sterling gets annoying because he's like, like, we're not played. And like, we're not talking about that. And it's like in every sentence. I also, so you got those guys up for nomination next year. Also, Champ Bailey could be one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the game. Also, up. Uh, next season so there you go right there king yeah he, he did it very well for a very long time fell off a cliff really towards the end of his career but maybe played a little longer than he should have you know he did fall off a cliff towards the end of his career but you know he i don't know how many children he has so he had to get them the last couple dollars you know what i mean yeah him and Travis Henry hanging out in the same bars. I don't know if he got as much kids as travis henry i'm not gonna put that on him Scott. You travis, know I henry's, it's travis henry's the father of our country you know, I met one of Travis Henry kids one time. How crazy is that? Everybody has. <laughs> I know everybody is not, Scott. So shout There's out one Travis. in Rock and Riley's right now. <laughs> one of Travis Henry kids is in Rock and Riley's right now? Yeah. Yeah, there's oh, probably one that. serving hot dogs on the corner, too. So there you go right there. They should have a Hall of Fame for baby daddies. How about that, Scott? Yeah, Antonio Cromartie would be on there. Antonio Cromartie, you're right. Shaq. Yeah. You know what I'm Steve, saying? Steve Garvey. I didn't know Steve Garvey had a whole bunch of kids. Yeah, he did. I didn't know that, Scott. Uh, yep. Phil Rivers. Well, oh. Got like Phil nine Rivers, of them huh? joints. Yeah, Phil Rip, Philip yeah. Rivers. Uh, Antonio Cromartie. You mentioned Travis Henry, obviously. Oh, uh, what's the dude that used to play for the Supersonics back in the day? Sean Kemp, the Rain Man. Sean Kemp. You have a team, too, Scott. You have a team, too. Yeah. Speaking of Shaq, his son Sharif O'Neal, one of the top high school basketball players in the country, he'll debut as a freshman for the University of Arizona this year. Yeah, good. Yeah. 
Scott, you're supposed to add some kind of analysis, Scott. Just say something. I know you may not know the kid, Scott, but don't just leave the host hanging out there to, 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 to dry. You know what I'm That's saying? Good. Scott, we've, been doing this. we've been doing this for too long, Scott, for you to do that to me. I don't Scott, you know, I had really a big year. care about Shaquille O'Neal's son playing college basketball. I got some Super Bowl trivia, Scott, and I hope you get coming up on the next segment, and I hope you get every question wrong. What do you think well, about there that? there won't be any Cowboys questions hey, in there unless they're very hey, old. Hey, hey, I'll make sure I put a Dallas Cowboy question in there. It's the weekend fantasy update right the here throwback on TSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Final segment, got to unmute it. Final segment of the hour, weekend fantasy update right here on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. The king, Scott Engel. Hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Scotty Engel. Scotty Love, my favorite Scott. T- Scott, tell us a Scotty Love story. A Scotty Love story? Yeah, tell us a Scotty uh, Love story when you was clubbing out in Long Island. Let's see, clubbing out in Long Island. I actually, like, uh, I remember, like, 1990s, early 1990s, I was I was in a club, and two of the Mets walked in, actually, Daryl Boston and Anthony Young. Really? Yeah. How was that? What? That was cool. I went over to talk to him a little while, but, you know. I, I, I know you went over I, to talk to him, You didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> I, I, did I, but not too long, because I had business to attend to on the dance floor, so, you know. Oh, you had business to yeah. attend to on the yeah. dance floor. You like, hey, guys, Scotty. good to see you. I'm a big Met fan. Anthony, I hope you do better next year. Daryl, glad you came over from the White Sox. See you guys. Interesting. Yeah. Scott, let me ask you some Super Bowl trivia. Are you down for this? Yeah, of course. Hmm. Who is the no? Who has the most consecutive championships as a player? As a player, um, the I'm most consecutive say, Super Bowl. Championships. I'm going to say Charles Haley. Ah, close, but no, it's not Charles Haley. Really? Mm-hmm. That is close, though. Yeah. Charles Haley was on the most winning teams. But he did not have yeah. the most consecutives as a player. The most consecutives as a player. Charles Haley, a good guess, though. You're, in, you're yeah. definitely in the ballpark. Yeah, I, w- I would probably have. Mm. Mm. If I'm in the ballpark, I might be staying in the same era, right? Yeah, you're, de- you're in the same era, yep. Uh, you might uh, be on the same team. Might be on the same team. Well, it's a question coming from you, so it's probably a cowboy. Um, Deion Sanders? It is not Deion Sanders. Also very close. You're getting warmer, Scott. I'll give you another hint. This guy's dad was also a famous athlete. This guy's dad was also a famous athlete. Hmm. I'm drawing a blank. Who is it? Ken Norton Jr., Three Super Bowl championships back-to-back with the Dallas Cowboys and then with the San Francisco 49ers. How many did Haley win? Haley won five, but never never, never, never three consecutively. Okay. Think mm. about that one, Scott. Interesting. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, Norton was a very good linebacker back in his day. I don't know about him as a coordinator, but very good linebacker and a good linebacker's coach. But you know how sometimes they say, like, certain guys are better as coordinators than head coaches? Norton might be one of those guys who's better as a position coach than a coordinator. All right. Here's the next one right here, Scott. Which player had 
the highest passer rating in a Super Bowl game? Phil Simms. Very good. Phil Simms, 150, 150 was the passer rating for Phil Simms when the New York Giants defeated the Denver Broncos. <clears throat> yeah, Pretty was that ni- yeah, that was uh, 1986, yeah. Very good. 150.92 yeah. was that rating. Who had mm-hmm. the lowest passer rating to win a Super Bowl game, Scott? Lowest passer rating. I'm actually going to say Roethlisberger. Very good. Ben Roethlisberger yeah. versus your Seattle Seahawks, 22.6. Yep. Like I said, he didn't have a good game. No, he did not, Scott. You were correct on no. that. Yeah. Who has the longest scoring play in Super Bowl history? Oh, man. I just saw this the other day. Does this count special teams? Yes. Devin Hester. It is not Devin Hester. That would have been my guess also. Devin Hester was not it. I guessed Devin Hester the, the other day. I do believe Devin is it Hester. Kenny Sims? It is not Kenny Sims. I believe Devin Hester's kickoff return was 98 yards or maybe 101 yeah. yards. But mm-hmm. it, that is not the longest. Hmm. It's not Kenny Sims. It's not Kenny Sims. <clears throat> Marcus Allen? It is not Mark Allen. Everybody remembers that run. That run maybe my earliest, my earliest Super Bowl memory. Scott is that run. I remember watching. Nineteen eighty three against Washington. Yeah, that's the first Super Bowl I can remember. Yeah. No, no, I remember the one before that. The John Riggins red right fifty two. You know the you know the first one I remember when the Eagles uh, lost to, to the Raiders. I thought it was going to be when you was a Jet fan and uh, Broadway Joe Joe Willie. I thought that was going to be yours. No, right I don't remember there. nothing about that. I really didn't watch football back then. Mm, I forgot. <laughs> you know, you talk about old time memories, though, like the Raiders and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You know, has been the game, franchises. <clears throat> the game, Scott, where this play came from, the halftime performer was Beyonce Knowles. So that's more recent. Hmm. I'm gonna draw a blank. I, you know, I can draw a blank on this one. All right, I'll give you another hint. Uh. The hint would be Mike Tomlin on Thanksgiving. Is James Harrison's return in the Super Bowl? Not James Harrison's return. <clears throat> yeah, I can't remember, to be honest with you. Go One ahead, Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, Mike Tomlin stepped onto the field. Yeah, he I remember says that. Acci- he says accidentally, who was the player that was stopped on that kickoff return? Oh, God, I can't remember. Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones had a 108-yard kickoff return when the Baltimore Ravens defeated the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Damn. Last game of Ray Lewis's Lewis's career. Yeah. Where'd you watch that Super Bowl last, Scott, if you don't mind me asking? I usually always watch Super Bowls at home, except for, like, two of them. You know, I, I watch... There was a super. I actually like three of them. I went to like two Super Bowl parties in the '90s, and then when we we got snowed in, when we were working for the other satellite station, I was in a hotel, so I went to like a local sports bar to like watch Super Bowl Forty Nine. All right, Scotty, what's the longest touchdown pass in Super Bowl history? The longest touchdown pass in Super Bowl history. Wow. Um. The longest touchdown pass in Super Bowl history would be like Bradshaw to Swan. Ah, no, it's not Bradshaw to Swan. It is not Bradshaw to Swan. The longest touchdown pass in Super Bowl history is not Bradshaw to Swan. Are you ready for a hint yet, or can I keep going? Give me a hint. Might be one of the worst quarterbacks to ever play in Super Bowl, throw the ball, threw the ball. Might be one of. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Was it Trent Dilfer to Brandon Stokely? (laughs) Close, but no, it was not Trent Dilfer to Brandon Stokely. I remember Stokely had a good game. Yeah. You know, he did. I'll give you a hint. Was it it Brad Johnson to somebody? It It was not Brad Johnson. Oh, wait a minute. Was it Roethlisberger to Ward? Was not Roethlisberger to Ward. No, Ward didn't score. Ward didn't score. I give you a hint. Chris Berman had a catchy nickname for him. Well, that could be anybody. Um, For the quarterback or for the receiver? The quarterback. I need the quarterback here. Uh, um, One of the worst quarterbacks in Super Bowl. 
Rex Grossman? Not Rex Grossman. I don't believe he threw a pass over five yards in the Super Bowl. Let's see That's if true. my mind come up with another hint. Because those I are the three I, worst quarterbacks that I can recall in Super Bowl history. I would give you this hint, but you're not big in the college football. Um, daylight come and they want to... Oh, Jake Del Home to to Steve Smith? Jake Del Home to Moosin Muhammad with an eighty four yard. Moosin Muhammad. Oh, that was a great Super Bowl. The Patriots and the uh and the Panthers. Okay, Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. I believe the next yeah, season. Yeah, the Panthers kept coming back at them. That was two thousand five, I think. And the next season in the NFC playoffs, I believe Jake Del had a game where he threw seventeen interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> Del Home had one it. really good year though. That was it, and so did Musin Muhammad. Musin Muhammad had a year, but he, he had led some good NFL. years. I think I think Musin Muhammad may have led the NFL in receiving yards one year. Yeah, and then he went to he went to Chicago, and his career died. That's when most wide receivers' career died. That yeah, poor did. Kevin White never got off. poor Kevin White never got off the ground. Yeah, but in between, you know, they had Brandon Marshall and all Sean Jeffrey though. True. That is that that is yeah. true. They did have they did have some uh, some luck at, at that at that time. Okay, which quarterback had the most completions in the Super Bowl game? I think that's Brady in Super Bowl forty nine. Uh that is you are correct. That is Tom Brady. And I don't know if that's Super Bowl forty nine though, Scott. I think he threw over fifty passes in that game. The most completions. Not attempts, completions. I know, but Tom I'm saying I'm, it is Tom Brady, but I'm thinking completions because he had so many attempts in that game. Okay. <clears throat> in order for a quarterback to rack up a large amount of attempts, what does he need to have not in his favor? The score. And he was score. 10 points behind. But then again, he also came back against the Falcons, too. And last year versus the Atlanta Falcons, Tom Brady set the record with fifty. Well, excuse me, with forty-three completions. That is last year versus the Atlanta Falcons in that hectic comeback. I think he set a record for 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 attempts the previous year. All right there, you go right there. Uh, the most attempts was also that same game. Tom Brady attempted sixty-two passes. Okay, so he broke the record he set the previous year. I'm pretty sure. All right, the fewest passing yards. By a Super Bowl MVP. Fewest passing. Peyton Manning? It's not Peyton Against Manning. Against the Saints? It was not Peyton Manning. He, how would Peyton Manning win the MVP? They lost that game. No, I'm, I'm, they beat the Saints. The Colts beat the Saints. You Saints were talking the about Colts. the Trace. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. It was Tom Brady against. Wait, wait who the hell did the Colts when the Colts beat the Bears, I'm saying. The Colts, the Colts beat the Bears in one of the worst Super yeah, Bowls Yeah, Manning got the MVP, and it was really the defense in the running game that really won the Super Bowl for them. Exactly. Yeah. So is Peyton Manning the answer? Peyton Manning is not the answer. Least, pe- least passing yards for a Super Bowl MVP. Joe Namath? It's not Willie Joe Namath, but you're kind of in that ballpark. Maybe he played... I don't know if he played in the same era as Joe Willie, but definitely this one this one goes back some years. This one goes back some years. Let's see. Um, only a couple teams went to the Super Bowl back in those there back in that era. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Mm, Doug Williams threw for a lot of yards. Uh, David Woodley lost to Washington. Joe Theismann? It is not Joe Theismann. You're warming up, though. I don't know if this guy and Joe Theismann ever played against each other. Jim Plunkett? It's not Jim Plunkett. Not Jim Plunkett. Hmm. Naval, Naval Academy. Naval Academy. Uh, Naval. Oh, uh, Roger Starback? Roger Starback is correct. 119 yards. Dallas Dallas Cowboy quarterback Roger Starback versus the Miami Dolphins. Hmm. It's a victory for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. This this is the uh, throwback portion of the trivia. Most rushing attempts in a Super Bowl game. Most rushing attempts in a Super Bowl game. Uh, Let's see. John Riggins. 
very good. John Riggins with 38 attempts, Scotty. John Riggins was a beast in his day, Scott. Yeah, he was. Another has-been franchise. <laughs> this is absolutely correct, Scott. Another has-been yes. franchise. Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And some never will be like the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah? Well, champions mm-hmm. of Super Bowl forty-eight. Never has-beens and never will be's. Has-beens no. and never will be's. They, they was uh, about two years ago. Time of possession, Scott. Which team had the best time of possession in the Super Bowl? This should be best an easy one right possession. here. time of possession. Dallas Cowboys. Not the Dallas the Cowboys. Emmett. I thought that was nope. the answer to every question. Um, <laughs> uh, best time of possession in the Super Bowl, the Rams? It is not the Rams. Not the greatest show on turf. Hmm. Uh, the Giants when they had O.J. Anderson? The Giants when they had O.J. Anderson is the correct answer, Scott. The New yeah. York Giants held the football for 40 minutes against the Buffalo Bills. That was the only way they were able to beat the K-Gun. Great job of coaching by Bill Parcells. Yeah, that's uh, O.J. Anderson ended up being the MVP. The Giants were just so balanced back then. Very good. You did, you're doing pretty good, Scott. You kind of know your Super Bowls. If you don't know anything else, you know your Super Bowls. Yeah, I know my fantasy football, too. I'm the GST champ. Uh, that's, yeah. that's debatable. <laughs> that's debatable. How is it debatable? I'm the champ. I have the trophy and the money no, right here. You, 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 oh, you still ain't got that money. I know where that money's at. <laughs> no, I got, I, 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 got, I got some of the money. I spent some of it Friday night. <laughs> Doing what, if you don't mind me I, went, I had front row seats to see Ace Fraley at the St. George Theater in Staten Island. Nice. Good job, Scotty. Who'd yeah. you roll with? I'd roll by myself. My friend was okay. going to go, but he got sick. Okay. Last minute. Yeah. So, but, you know, then I was Scott. able to score a front row ticket, and I didn't care who went with me. Nice job, Scotty. You had a good yeah. time out there? Oh, hell good. yeah. It was easy to get to, too. It's like. I was going to ask know, you how was the travel I, 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 It's like I hadn't been to Staten Island like over 20 years, but. And it was a really cold night, but I got right off the subway, right onto the ferry, and then the theater was like a block and a half walk from the ferry, so it was nice. Did you like Uber night- it? What? No. Did you I took Uber the, it? I, oh, you took the ferry? No. You just said you took the ferry. My bad. I just said I took the ferry. I don't think, yeah. I don't think they, they drive an Uber car onto the ferry. I don't think that happens. The most rushing yards by a quarterback in the Super Bowl game, Scott. It's <laughs> <laughs> our last one. We Steve might bring Young? this back later. Uh, close, but not. No. Most rushing yards by a quarterback in a Super Bowl game. You got the first name right. Steve Berline didn't play in the Super Bowl, no. Uh, a guy who I say should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. What cowboy is it? Let's see. Not a cowboy. Uh, um... Let me say, let me marinate on that during the break. Marinate on that one with the king. When we come back, and give you the answer to that. Most rushing yards in the Super Bowl. Plus, we'll do some fantasy football honors. It's the weekend fantasy update right here on FNTSY Radio. Mm-hmm. 